Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charlie Chuck Thompson. I'm just going to stick with that from now on because I just... Chuck Thompson, it sounds like that guy does the news. With me, as always, across the crusty Pay Lake again today, because we are taking this thing seriously as the world comes crashing to an end in the latter days. I'm glad. Hopefully, you guys are able to get this on your AM dials. Uh, with me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Mr. Nate Thurston. You know what's hilarious? Before you say hello, I was listening back to yesterday's show. Before I say hello. <laughs> I was, I was listening back to yesterday's show and I was like, why did I introduce you as lovely? Like I, I have, that doesn't make any sure. sense. I bet you, you heard that and you were like, that doesn't make no sense. But anyway, how you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, dude. Just, uh, you know, we've been trading stocks all day, been busy doing that. I'm trying to count up all the people who have been dying from this disease and that's taken quite some time. Uh, so, you know, just really busy day going through all the show notes, reading up on all the stories and uh, trying to crunch some numbers for all you guys before we talk about them. So it's been it's been a good day so far. We're live on YouTube for our patron supporters right now. You can go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. So those people are watching us live right now, although I did just have to restart our live stream because it kicked down to nothing. Well, down how, to nothing. How about, how about that? That, that was get... just OBS. That wasn't even the internet because you were talking while that happened and I heard you perfectly. Yeah. So well, really we'll weird. It, anyway, we'll get back up and running. And if you want to so, yeah. see how that happens, that's patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. Also, well, let me go over what we're going to cover today. We're, we're going to change it up a little bit. There's going to be some COVID news. Don't you worry, all you panickers. All right. We got the COVID watch coming up, but we're going to talk a little bit about some, uh, some biological males and females. What's the difference? Not much. Probably. We don't know, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> What's going on in the Idaho's. Um, we're going to compare some COVID numbers and we're going to talk about the economy and all kinds of stuff. We've got, you know, the government's cracking down uh, during this crisis. Never let a good crisis go to waste. How much liberty are we going to lose? But before we get diving in to all that news stories, we got to tell you about Tiger King. I'm kidding. <laughs> Not Tiger King. It's a pretty King. good show. You, you know, should you watch mentioned it, Tiger though. King a couple days ago. And, uh, You're like, I, that looks stupid. It looks so dumb. I would never. And now, getting into it, I mean, you know what I watch all the time? Like, I watch, like, Dateline. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> you know, I watch, like, I want to know who done it, man. That's what I'm looking for. I'm just, my name's Nate Thurston. I'm out here trying to figure out who done it. And when it's <laughs> in the case of Carol Baskins, I can tell you straight up, he's buried. Either he got ground up in the meat processor or he's down in the septic tank. And you're looking and we know you're that looking for sure. to, you're looking to prove that over a fact to fiction. <laughs> we choose science over facts. Okay? So anyway, yeah, I've been watching Tiger King and it is hilarious and it's a good I mean it's it's a good true crime. It really I, is. Literally, so. you can't make this stuff up. Like that's no. such good TV. I, I can't believe the guy who first started producing didn't somehow make billions off of this now netflix is making it and who knows what that first producer is getting probably knitting but uh yeah, do doing his voice is pretty fun too because you just have to be extremely nasally so like still really really southern but you got to make sure you're holding your nose the entire time yeah. if you want to do the producer's voice so we'll work on that to make it better you just do a quick hit of meth 
Yeah, and then you can <laughs> totally do all of their voices. That's, yeah, that's basically it. You go to everybody. No, what I was going to tell you before we dive into this, besides Tiger King, because you guys need to check that out. It's just unbelievable during this time of pandemic crisis lockdown. The second thing is. Another thing you can binge and enjoy is this very own podcast you're listening to right now. It's called the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. That's where you're at right now. And if you hit that subscribe button, what that does is it brings the episode directly to your favorite listening device on your favorite app, your favorite podcasting app. And what better to do as you roll out of bed at 10, 13 in the morning because you ain't got nowhere to be (laughs) is turning on the Good Morning Liberty Podcast to say good morning to us. And then later on in the day, you turn on Tiger King, you make yourself some dinner and then you turn back good morning. Liberty back on, you go back and forth between those two shows. And by the time you're done, this pandemic's will be over. <laughs> We're, we so, got the Southern accents down. I don't think we got any, <laughs> any issues doing that. No. So anyway, whatsoever. subscribe, subscribe to yeah. the podcast. All right. Hey, you want to dive okay, into this let, thing? Let me tell you about the first story real quick. This is from the daily wire. Thanks Ben. So, GOP governor bans biological males from competing against girls. Just hey, girls or biological girls? I guess. I don't know. I'm just. I'm assuming biologically different sexes are banned from competing. Although it, it does just say biological males are banned from competing against girls. I'm assuming that means that biological girls can still compete against men if they want to. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if they've truly gone both ways on this. But anyway, on Monday, Republican Governor Brad Little of Idaho signed the Fairness for Women in Sports Act. Now, this is sexist because I got my butt kicked by a woman the other day, and she shouldn't even have been able to be on that court. Man, let me <laughs> tell you, I'm going to file a statute of limitations in court seven. You should. Okay. Fairness for Women in Sports Act, which protects girls' sports as single sex, barring biologically male transgender girls from competing against biological girls. If you guys are behind on whatever the heck all that meant, don't worry, we're right there with you. The sports ban applies to all sports teams sponsored by public schools, colleges, and universities. NBC News reported a girls' or women's team will not be open to transgender students who identify as female. Girls deserve to compete on a level playing field. Allowing males to compete in girls' sports destroys fair competition and women's athletic opportunities. Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, Senior Vice President of U.S. Legal Division, Kristen Wagoner, said in a statement sent to Daily Wire. That was a quote, by the way. Quotes around what I just said a couple seconds ago. (laughs) ADF is representing high school female athletes in a federal lawsuit seeking to preserve single-sex girls' sports. So just so you guys know, this is not just a bunch of uh, sexist dudes or anything that are coming up with these laws. This is also in response to this ADF, which is doing a federal lawsuit, uh, trying to take care of what really has become an issue. Uh, In quotes... She said, we commend Governor Little for signing the Fairness for Women in Sports Act into law so that those opportunities will be protected in Idaho. Wagner continued, when the law ignores biological differences, women and girls bear the brunt of the harm. So if you're, you know, maybe you're a feminist, like for biological girls, uh, you would be happy about this. But then you're also a feminist for transgender girls. So then you're upset about this. And that's the problem with arbitrary lines in Connecticut. For example, two males dominated girls track after they began competing as females, capturing dozens of championships and shattering longstanding female track records. The attorney outlined comparably fit and trained males will always have physical advantages over females. That's the reason we have girls sports. 
It's just why they're separated. You don't say that's why we have girls sports. When we ignore biological reality, female athletes lose medals, podium spots, public recognition, and opportunities to compete. Wagner added, thinking the Bills' Republican co-sponsors, Representative Barbara Earhart, Earhart, and Senator Mary Souza, ADF Representative High School. High schooler Chelsea Mitchell, one of the athletes challenging Connecticut's transgender policy, applauded the move by Governor Little. So she said, I am so happy that female athletes in Idaho will not have to face an unfair playing field as I have in Connecticut. I have lost four state championships because my state's policy ignores the physical advantages males have over females in sports and allows males to compete in the girls category. That's what... That's what she said. Four times I was the fastest female in my race, but I didn't get the gold medal or the state title. The males in my race took that honor. I have watched this happen over and over again in my sport in Connecticut, and so many girls have been impacted. Mitchell added, it isn't fair. It isn't right. We need separate sports categories based on biological sex in order to fairly compete. Idaho has now set an example for other states to follow. And, of course, the ACLU has already jumped in to condemn Governor Little and promised a lawsuit. So the ACLU, you see, this is what happens. You have these, these discrimination, like, tiers, and you've got to go down each level of it. You know, So, so uh, if you were the broaden it way out, well, you say, well, girls, well, they get dis- discriminated against and treated differently than, than guys do. So you have like sexism, sexual discrimination. But, but then, you know, in one sense, you're worried about the girls being on an unfair playing field. But then now you've got the transgender girls come in. And you see they're more disadvantaged than just your biological girls are. And so now you've got to take a stance in favor of the transgender girls over the girls who you had just said were being uh, disadvantaged to the men. So you see this just keeps stepping down all the way down as far as it can. It says leaders from the business, faith, medical, education, and athletics communities will not forget this decision or what it says about the governor's priorities during a global pandemic. The organization (laughs) said in a statement, the ACLU will see the governor in court. We encourage all Idahoans to email, call, and tweet Governor Lill to express outrage and disappointment at wasting precious taxpayer resources on a blatantly anti-transgender bill. Nate, I don't think you took it, you know, you got to fractionate it down all the way to who is the most, uh, who is the most suppressed. And I would say it would have to be probably a a minority, um, which would probably be a black, gay, um, transgender single mom, uh, who doesn't make any, who doesn't make any income and is also, yeah. In the special Olympics quadriplegic and, um, what else that we got? We got classism, sexism, racism, <laughs> genderism. Um, I, I think that, that, that about does it. That is the most suppressed person that we have here. And so yeah. obviously we have to fight for their rights. Now, you know, this is what I've been saying for a while. Look, Feminism has gone too far here, <laughs> and it's, you know we've it been. Is. It's this. I mean, the it's. Think about it for a second. Like the feminism. I, I mean, literally, if you decided that you were going to have people who identified as men and were also biological men that were going to line up against these women in these sports then the ACLU would be on the exact opposite side of this argument. And if the governor was saying, they'd be, well, they'd be arguing if, title nine instead of title if, 10. If biological <laughs> males who also identify as males decide they want to walk onto the basketball court or the track 
track and they want to uh, and they want to compete against these i mean then we can't stop them and then all of a sudden the feminist in the aclu well they would come out and say this is clearly unfair to all of these women who are trying to compete but now just like you said you got to fractionate this down who's the most oppressed person well then you get a group and they're like well but then who can they oppress and you keep breaking it down you're like well who can they oppress and so really no one ever has any rights except for the most disadvantaged single human being on the entire world. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly who that is. Like you said, it's probably a, a black gay woman who's quadriplegic and has coronavirus. And uh, I think really that's the... Make sure she's a single mom too. And a single mom. Got to yeah. be a single mom. With um, transgender kids. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So th- you've got to... It's got to be minority, female... Uh, very poor, uh, gay and poor and, uh, handicapped and sick all at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, so then what happens is no one has any rights. That's the point. No one has any actual rights. And like Ayn Rand always said, well, the smallest minority on earth is the individual. So you got to just be protecting individual rights, not group rights. This is the problem with group identity and group rights is that eventually none of the groups have any rights. Yeah. And the other problem, there's a couple, well, there's a couple problems here because look, l- the Liberty stances, whether hey, you carry liber- this for a minute, I got to go pee. Yeah, I, I will. just can't, I can't the- not pee. I feel like an all American. Okay. Go ahead. Forrest Gump. Look, the deal here is, is that there's a few problems. Well, number one, the problem is, is that it is a state, or school sponsored championship. So they have to adhere to, you know, what the, what the government guidelines are, because if you receive government Monday, then you have to adhere to title nine and title 10 and all this regulation on discrimination and all that stuff. Right. And so, whereas a private organization, they can set their own standards for who they allow to compete. For instance, as I, if I have, you know, the NBA, for instance, they're not, part of government at all whatsoever. They can set standards and they do set standards, by the way, they only employ the very best basketball players in the entire world. And that's their standard. There's no discrimination against people who are handicapped or anything else. It's because their standard is you have to be the very best athlete uh, playing basketball in the entire world to be in the NBA. Um, So these private organizations set standards all the time. So one of the problems is, is that their state organizations like the high school and things like that, the state, uh, the state championship and all of that. That's one problem. The second problem that you have is that as from a Liberty perspective is you are free to be, and this goes for libertarians. This goes for Liberty minded Republicans. This goes for Democrats. This goes for anybody. You are free to be whoever you want to be. If you want to be transgendered, I have no problem with that. Everybody in the Liberty movement typically doesn't have a problem with that. Where you cross the line is when you start infringing on other people's rights to be free and be who they want to be. You can't force people to conform to your ideology or your beliefs whatsoever. And when you start enacting laws to try to force people into your beliefs, then you're crossing the line at that point. And the third problem I would say here is we have a science problem because there is very clear definition between men and women, all the way down to the chromosome level, you're either an XX or an XY. Now there is a very small percentage of the population. And for those of you who don't know, maybe this is the first time you're hearing it that are really what's called transsexual. They have 
like an X, uh, an XXY, or they have an, an XYY, uh, they're anomalies where they're actually born with both. Now, there's only about 10,000 cases in the entire United States, so it's a very tiny percentage of the population. But that doesn't mean that you can't set standards that you have to meet to be able to compete as a certain athlete in a certain class. You know, you have to have certain estrogen levels, certain testosterone levels, um, certain chromosomes, certain things to be to be say to say scientifically, I am a female. And if you're not, then I agree with this standard because women matter too. the whole group of women matter. They should be able to compete with people who are like their own physical traits because you're trying to be the best of the best, even in boxing out of a certain weight class. Like you don't a 300 pound jacked up John Cena can't get in the cage with 150 pound, uh, the notorious Conor McGregor's. You know, because he's <laughs> they Irish do. They anyway. Have, they're separate weight classes, even yes. within male sports. I mean, that this is a known thing. There's always been weight classes in boxing and wrestling, anything like that. And that's and how many people under six foot have you ever seen in the NBA? Four, Not a whole lot of them. Four, maybe. Maybe. Muggsy and we Bones. all know they're. We know that they're only going to shoot three pointers. Yeah, that's all they're going to do. Or be okay? really good passers. Jason yeah. Kidd. I think Jason Kidd was even like six three, probably. They just look smaller compared to guys like Shaq, who are seven two, and yeah, three hundred fifty pounds of pure muscles. <laughs> so yeah, but this it's whole just, thing, yeah, this whole thing again. Liberty, you can be whoever you want to be, but that stops when you start to infringe on other people's rights, or when you try to to garner state force to force your belief on other people's other people and see the left here, the extreme progressive left organizations like the ACLU, they do great work on some things, but organizations like the ACLU have cornered themselves because they're running into a very big problem here. And, and as they start to, as they start to continue to fractionate down to who is the most oppressed person on the face of in the history of the world, everyone else becomes an oppressor. And so now what the ACLU is down to one client. They can no longer even represent groups or anything anymore because they have to be against those. You know, it's like they are, they're against all of these women who have brought lawsuits that, so no longer do they care about feminism. Now they only care about this transgender suit. And then what they're saying to all the feminists and all the women who have brought up this issue, this isn't a group of men trying to get this passed. This is a giant group of women who are saying this is unfair and they're not, they're not transphobic or homophobic or anything like that. They just want to be able to run away, run a race against people who fall into the category of somewhat not breaking records. Every race, you know, like, I mean, records are meant to be broken and people do it all the time. However, it typically takes a very long time for those longstanding records to be broken. And most of the time they're barely broken. They're not broken by like 10 seconds or in the case of weightlifting, I've seen, I mean, this one weightlifter broke the, the female record by over a hundred pounds. Records aren't broken like that unless you have a severe uh, uh, advantage over all of your competitors. And the only way to do that is be a superhuman or there are distinct biological differences between men and women. There was a very important point in this article that said when they are basic, when they're the same physical shape, basically, if you take a, 
a five foot 10 male and a five foot 10 female, and they eat the same things. They work out the same. All of that's the same. The man will always be stronger. Always. There is not ever a difference. If they do the same workouts, they eat the same things at the same height, even well, they'll, even if they start out at the same weight, the man will well, the be, way- the man will be bigger eventually within, within a couple months be bigger. Cause he'll be able to put on more muscle. And this all has to do with the biological chemi- chemical makeup of your body. And again, I'm not saying you can't be transgender. Go ahead. I don't care how you live your life. Just don't infringe on other people's rights. And so, God so forbid my- you hate on women. I mean, they give birth to us, you know, we should be thanking them. <laughs> My solution to this would be basically that if you're going to have the sports and you're going to separate them out, which which they should be if you're being rational and realistic with sports, they've got to be separated in some kind of a way. Now, Nate, it's 2020. So, Rationality doesn't exist anymore. Okay, I know, so I know. try so to I think said, about this illogically. Remember, <laughs> I'll try my best to be as illogical as possible. <laughs> um, let me let me put on my BS hat real quick. So when if you're gonna if you're going to categorize sports, does it make more sense? To now in 2020 to separate them by what each individual identifies as or what their maybe you could say what their weight class is or maybe you could say what their biological differences are. That was the entire reason behind separating this out. I realize that there's a lot of women that are stronger than a lot of men. That's true. Jordan Peterson said this really well. He he said the strongest woman can beat a lot of men, most men, probably the the strongest woman in the world can beat most men, but the strongest man in the world can beat all women. And so that is all of them. that is how you have to look at that. And that is true. And whether the weakest, it makes you, he also, I think he also said, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think he also said the weakest chimpanzee can rip every human in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, he always talks about chimpanzees all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's just, I'm sorry if like it gets you in your feels a little bit. If you feel a certain way about this, that simply doesn't matter. This is based on why would you separate out? Why would you categorize sports? Why would you? Should they all just be intermingled together? Do you think that they should all just be all sports put together and there should be never any differences in the classes at all? you probably agree that they need to be separated out in some kind of a way. So how would you do that? Is it simply by what the person says that they feel like they are? Or would you actually want to separate it out since this is a physical activity where people are competing physically against each other, not emotionally against each other? Since they are competing physically against each other, would you want to separate that out by the physicality of the people? That's, that's the only question I, I mean, would have. We, we separate age, no problem. Like people understand this, like I'm 31 right now. I don't feel 31. Some days I feel 40 and other days I feel like I'm 18 and I could rule the world, which is most days. Most days I feel that way. And I have a few days where I feel 40 or 50 and I get out of bed or I try to at least. And I'm like, oh my God, how do you get out of bed? I forgot because it hurts so (laughs) bad. (laughs) But, but you know, imagine if the major league baseball team decided that they all identify as 13 year olds and they entered the little league world series, like, and he, and he would say, that's obvious. Obviously they're going to beat the crap out of everyone because they're all bigger and faster and stronger. And of course they're just going to, to beat the hell out of everyone that they compete against. And everyone would obviously see the problem with that. And so that's where like these types of decisions are just not based 
on any type of rationality, any type of logic whatsoever. It's all based on emotions and wanting to support transgenders, which is fine. I, I mean, I'm not going to that we, we don't need to ban people being transgender, obviously. But if you're going to protect women's rights, you got to ask whether or not you're doing that or you're fighting against women right now who are the ones bringing this lawsuit, this federal lawsuit against the state of Connecticut uh, mainly uh, is, is where this has all been happening. Are you protecting women? Are you a feminist? Are you here to, to support women if you're going to let all of the records be stripped away just solely so you don't look like a bigot, basically? That's it. That's the only reason. So th now, it just... Look, <coughs> we support the level of individual. We support all individuals to be whoever they want to be. And that's the proper level that you have to support human beings at. This is why this message is so important. It's so important because there, there is nothing else to fractionate down to. You can't group people into oppressor versus oppressed, no matter how you try to spin it. If you look out over history, even if you go down to like tribes, you know, and you have a chief and you have the Royal family and then you have all these serfs or whatever, like every single life matters. It matters at the individual level, and that's the only level we should look at. Because you know what? I care about the transgender people trying to compete. I care about the women trying to compete. I care about other males trying to compete. I care about everybody trying to be the very best that they can be. But they should do it in the in the categories that most fit what what their physicality, strengths, anything like that is. You have to have fair competition when it comes to competition because so what? Like you beat up on a girl. Nice job, man. Or lady, whatever you want to call me, whatever you want me to call you. I don't care. Like how proud of you, like how proud of yourself are you? You know, you just wear what, that banner of pride. Like, Hey, what do you like? What do you think is worse, Charlie? Uh, when a, a woman goes up to a man and hits him as hard as she can, or a man goes up to a woman and hits her as hard as he can. Well, Which first one of do you all, think is worse? They're both wrong. They're both wrong. But but second of all, Which more damage more damage is going to be caused to the male hitting the female. Even if you think I'm just saying like more in society likely. In society, which one is going to be viewed as that which person is the biggest piece of crap in that story? Yeah. It's 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 obvious. So it's uh, happened don't to a friend of mine. Right now. It's even happened to a friend of mine in a in a domestic dispute, and I'm definitely not going to give any names here, but you can look up cases where the, the female was just as in the wrong as the male was. Uh, female pushed male. Male pushes female back. Female ends up falling over and getting a scrape. And when the police are called, who goes to jail? Doesn't matter that she pushed first. Like, she ended up falling down. And male goes to prison. Now, they're both wrong. Neither one should push each other. Neither one should hit each other. They're both wrong. But the problem is, is that it's very easy to tell. Males are a lot stronger, on average, than females on average. And it's just, it's a fact, it's a, it's a fact over fiction, man. It's just, there's no one else to say it. Look, I'm feeling like an all American. So take us on, man. You want to talk it's about this supply chain? Yeah. I'm going to talk about a couple things with coronavirus real quick. Now we've been talking about the free market, letting the free market help us in this situation. Okay. We've got shortages on all types of things. And then we get this tweet from Rachel Maddow from MSNBC. Here's what she says. Now, this is talking about, <laughs> it's really funny, 
She says, nationalize the supply chain of critical medical supplies. And then she repeats that three times. Nationalize the supply chain of critical medical supplies. Nationalize the supply chain of critical medical supplies. So she's chanting. She's in the picket line right now, chanting. Now she's posting. This is the, this is the funny slash ironic slash sad part of it. She's posting an article about how VA hospital employees are being told to wear and reuse their sur- one surgical mask per week. So the article that she's posting are, is about people who work at a purely government-owned hospital. Now, Charlie, th- we're talking about this Rachel Maddow thing. I know you had to go pay real quick, ma'am, but we're talking about this. Now, she says to nationalize the supply chain of critical medical supplies, and she uses this story that she posted along with it. And the story. When I saw this tweet, I was like, "The story is is another thing you can't make up. This is just Miami. This is just as good as Tiger King, right here." (laughs) Miami VA hospital employees are being told to wear, reuse, and one surgical mask per week. Now, why? In a post about a government-owned and operated hospital, completely government-owned and operated. Why in a post about how they are short on their supplies that they need, how they don't have what they need, are you calling for the nationalization of all of the medical supplies? Because we it, want everyone to run out equally. I guess so. I <laughs> guess that's the problem. It's just funny that uh, – it's not funny. It's terrible. But the, the, the VA happens to not be able uh, to get things that they need. I would assume that since they're the VA that they would have all that locked up really well. You, you would think so. Like they would just, they should have already been prepared for this. So it, that's the sad part. And the, the even more sad part about this is that nationalizing the supply chain is the reason that we're already in this problem. I realize that those companies are not all nationalized, but when you can't make one step in your industry without a permit from the government and they take a portion of your profits, it's you're listen, you're basically nationalized. We've been saying this for a long time, but we have mostly what resembles a fascist medical and economic system in total. I don't mean that our medical system hates Jews. What I mean is that in a fascism, in economics of fascism, what happens is private people can own the companies, but the government completely controls what those companies do. And that is what we have already. That is already what we have. So acting like for some reason this is a free market problem where you literally cannot create something without permission. You cannot change up your supply chain. You can't do any of these things without permission in these markets. And you've got the government who allows you to take all of the losses but wants a cut of the profits. When you have this situation, this is what you run into. We do not need to nationalize these supply chains. That would um, who, who do you want to look at that's nationalized all of these supply chains? You couldn't even point at all of the European countries and say that that's what they have. You could point at Venezuela. Sure, they nationalize things. Let's look, in the, look at the countries that have fully nationalized things. I mean, no private ownership of these things. How many of them are there? I'm sure some of the European companies or countries have nationalized completely their, their medical supplies. But we are calling for a much more heavy-handed socialist takeover of our medical system than even what the countries in Europe have. And even it's, it's even killing people over there. Right now, we're going to talk about the COVID watch update real quick, and it's getting really bad 
across the pond. And I know all the news stories are about how the United States has the most coronavirus cases, and that's the only freaking news story they're going to talk about. But, Charlie, let's talk about the deaths per million or the infections per million population, what the death rates are in these different countries for the people who do get sick. Which medical systems were more adequately ready to take care of this problem? It's time for COVID Watch with Good Morning Liberty. Look, guys, uh, new statistics in today, 921,020 cases worldwide, 46,155 deaths, and we have almost 200,000 people recovered so far. Um, We're looking at still a 5% serious or critical rate of the 650,000 active cases. I'm sorry, 681,000 active cases. We have 34,000 that are serious or critical. Now let's dive into the numbers and see what's happening. United States kicking everyone's ass like usual. We're at 207,535 cases as of 3.15 p.m. Eastern time on April Fool's Day, February, February, April 1st (laughs) Fool's Day. See, I gotcha. And uh, we have 19,000 new cases just today. So we're beating everybody in that category too. Now, however, this is a good number because we're we're still lower than a lot of other countries here. We have 4,609 deaths and as our, of our active cases. So I think, because right now, if you do those numbers, that puts us at a 2.2% mortality rate. Now, if you look at our, at our active cases, we have 195,000. So basically the same 200,000 number and 4,900 serious or critical. So if you were to say, um, 4,900 people are going to die that are serious or critical. And there's a total of 200,000 cases. You're still looking at a 2.2% mortality rate for all of the cases that we have. Now that is up some from our 1.4, 1.5, 1.7 numbers, but not drastically, not compared to some other countries that we have here. Now, the most important numbers to me are the total cases per million population and the deaths per million, because this is This is the variable that matters the most when it comes to spreading disease. Like how dense is your population? What are your, um, you know, your cultural norms? How easy is it to spread disease from people to people? And so, so far in the United States, we have 627 cases per million population and 14 deaths per million. So we're still sitting pretty low. Now let's contrast to what's happening over in Europe because we have I mean, the United the United Kingdom is pushing 30,000 cases. France, 56,000 cases. Germany, almost 80,000. Spain, over 100,000. And Italy, 110,000 cases. And they're adding so many deaths. So look at Italy right now. They're at 110,000 cases with 13,155 deaths. I mean, they're running over a 10% mortality rate here. Now that is, is just insane. In their first case reported was January 29th. Our first case reported was January 20th. So they were literally nine days behind the U S getting our first case. And, and if you look at their numbers, their total cases per million, it triples our numbers. They're at 1,829 cases per million population with 218 deaths per million, which is what percentage increase is that? That's, it's pretty big. A million percent. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Let's look at Spain. 100,000, 102,136 cases. They have 9,000 deaths. So they're running a 9% mortality rate here. They've had over 500 deaths for like eight days in a row. And they're sitting at 2,185 cases. 
per million population, which is just a little over what Italy's doing. And they have 194 per million with their first case reported on January 30th. Now, the numbers that run a little bit closer to ours with uh, Germany here, uh, they have 76,000 cases and they're still under a thousand deaths, which is nice. Uh, France is coming up on a 10% mortality rate. The United Kingdom is coming up on a 10% mortality rate. Everyone else is still doing worse than the United States, except for China, which we don't even know if they're actually reporting their numbers because they've added 36 new cases. Now that number hasn't changed every single day for like two weeks, just 36. And in fact, I read they've uh, reopened their, um, they reopened the the wet markets. So get ready for SARS COVID, uh, 20. It's 19 to 20 COVID 20. Yeah. Going to COVID 20. It's brewing right now. And that's the, that's the crazy thing is, I mean, everyone agrees. It's, it's purely, it's just clearly obvious that they're not reporting the cases. We've we've been saying this. I mean, they've got over a billion people in their country does anyone actually believe that they're truly not, that they're adding less new cases than we're adding deaths every single day. I don't, I don't see any possible way that that's actually happening, but yeah, it just, the important part here, now listen, we've mentioned several times the population density of these countries is is much higher. That is true. But that would affect the amount of people uh, that are actually getting sick per percentage of your population, for sure. But why is it that they have, uh, Italy is at an 11% death rate for the people that get sick right now? 11% versus our, what did you say, 2% death rate yeah. for the people that get sick? Yep. I mean, it's it's so clearly obvious if you wanted to be unbiased that the U.S. is doing a better job handling this than those other countries so far. Now, listen, that doesn't mean it's not going to change. doesn't mean it's not going to at all. But you can't simply look at the number of infections that you have and say that you're failing. That just doesn't work, especially when you're you're a country of 350 million people. You can't look and say, well, we've got more infections, therefore we're failing. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever unless you're trying to make a political point. It just doesn't work. So uh, it, it, you just like normal, what you've got is a whole bunch of political bias just all over the place, all over the place in here. And people are are cherry picking the statistics that they want to pick. Now, we're telling you, honestly, I understand that they're going to have a high amount of spread in countries that have a a 200 uh, person per, what is it, square kilometer population density versus the U.S. that's something like 35 people per square kilometer population density. Now, that's going to happen. But still, at the end of the day, when you're comparing a country with 350 million total people versus a country with 50 million total people, you can pretty well bet that the country that's got 350 million total people is going to have a lot more cases when it's all said and done. So it just I guess it all depends on what political party you adhere to as to whether or not the coronavirus is dangerous or whether or not the U.S. is doing a good job. And the problem is that is not what determines whether or not we're doing a good job. That is not what determines whether or not the United States is handling it, whether or not it's a very dangerous virus. That's just what determines how people talk about it that that's about it and and that's the problem political political hackery is that what we call it political hackery yeah, yeah. hack jobs what, it's a political hack jobs man i'm telling you what this is carol baskins if i ever seen it okay 
she's it's not trump controlling anything it's carol baskins we got to get rid of her (laughs) oh for the people who have seen that show they're going to think that we're hilarious today the people who haven't are going to think that we're really weird so let's talk about one other thing now marie said marie said if you ain't first you're last and by golly i'm just an all-american winning harry winning machine you know i wake up in the morning i piss excellence and no one can hang with our stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're winning as far as hashtag winning is what's happening as far as the amount of people who are sick. Now, another thing that is alarming is the White House is project the White House, the White House is projecting 100,000 to 240,000 deaths in the United States. Now that's based this. off of what Dr. Fauci said on an interview on a, I think it was a NPR interview. Yeah. Yeah, that um, so, he is he is the national doctor for the White House yeah. as far as coronavirus goes. Yeah. So so that I wonder is, why he's allergy and infectious disease. Like, is that too broad? I don't. I'm I, not I don't sure. know. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to. I'll have to finish up my medical school to figure that one out. I'm not real sure. So that's that's a lot. Like that's a lot, and it's a lot from where we are right now. What what was the total for the U.S. that we're four, at right 4, now? 000, I 4, 4, okay. Four thousand. Four thousand. Let me let me get it for you. 4,609. Um, and we didn't dive into the USA's numbers here, but I believe it's still New York running away. Yeah. New York has yeah. 83,000, which is more than what Germany has as an, as an entire country. Yeah. So which, uh, New York might have more people than Germany does as an yeah. entire country. Also yeah. 14 million people in, in Metro New actually, sorry, <laughs> 21 tr- million people in Metro New York, Metro New York, yeah. which includes parts yep. of New Jersey. So you're looking at between New York and New Jersey as states, you're looking at 105,000 cases just between those two states. Everywhere Genius. else has under 10,000 cases. Tennessee, where we live is running. I can't find her. There she is. 2,521 cases. Now we know where they're not testing people, but, um, <laughs> but luckily we're yeah. down there for now. It, it sounds good, <laughs> I guess. I, I, so w- what everyone needs to realize here is how much worse now, just to have your expectations proper. And I also think this is partly what the white house is doing. They're setting this massive number, a hundred thousand to 240,000. Now, keep in mind how amazing that government figure is. They're either saying that it's going to be bad or it's going to be more than twice as bad as we think it's going to be. That's that's really what they're saying right there. So 100 to 240,000 deaths in the U.S. And what I hope they're doing is trying to set really bad, really bad expectations so they can come in under those numbers and say that they did a good job. We projected 100,000 to 240,000 and actually only 60,000 people died. And so and they'll release those numbers on November 1st. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll release all the travel restrictions and everything. Everybody will be able to vote on November 4th still. And they yeah. will they will beat those numbers, man. They'll come in flu numbers probably. I wanted to so run should, a comparison <clears throat> yeah. between the H1N1, which was the latest pandemic, 2009. It was a decade ago. And I'm not – look, I'm not trying to minimize this virus. You know, we have been honest with you guys on our thoughts this entire time that we still think that they're making a bigger deal than what it is. And – they're causing panic and there could be, there will be serious economic ramifications from this. I'm talking, there's going to be a lot of change and all you guys need to be paying attention right now. We talked about this a little bit yesterday with, with Mark Claire, you guys need to be paying attention to see where you can find opportunity while this panic is ensuing, because there is going to be very serious changes coming up. And I'm not, 
I made a joke about us. Well, this is the start of us living in pods, but you're going to start to see a lot of these companies that, that are like, well, look, most of our workforce can actually work from home. So we don't need to pay for that $10 million skyscraper downtown. Uh, we'll just get out of that contract. No big deal. And then that's an empty building. And then the investors for that building, the, the, you know, the commercial real estate market crashes, the real estate market could crash. Like there's all kinds of serious things that could be happening from this. Even, even if we open the government or sorry, even if we open the country back up on April 30th, I mean, you're talking about 30 days of losing trillions of dollars. And so I just want to compare it to what happened in 2009. Now, I don't know if you guys, how old you guys are, but I was in 2009, I was 20 years old. This was 11 years ago and Barack Obama was president and we had the H1N1 swine flu. Now this virus was very, very similar to the Spanish H1N1 flu that killed, uh, what was it? Two to 5% of America's population. It was, it was pretty bad. Quite a few. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it was, it was very similar to that. And this virus ended up effect, infecting 1.4 billion people across the globe in one year from the spring of 2009 to the spring of 2010, 1.4 billion people across the globe. And it killed between 150,000 to 575,000 people. I don't know if they were paying as much attention and they were like, that's a very large margin of error. I mean, that's five times, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's 150 to 575. I mean, you're looking at almost five times a margin of error there. Um, but even if it's the worst case, let's say 1.4 billion people and it killed over half a million people, I, you know, I don't even know if we're going to reach those numbers. And we, and there was no panic in 2009. There was no market sell-off. There was no shutting down of the economy. People went back and forth all over the place. There was a ton of global travel. I mean, it wasn't the same. And I'm trying to figure out what's the difference here. Like what's the, you know, I understand it's probably a little bit more of a serious virus than maybe 2009 was, but what's the play here? Like are all the governments around the world okay with ruining everyone's economy in so far as to, to not have a million people die. You know, I think what's worse it's it's definitely uh, we tweeted yesterday once again i i think the economic fallout from shutting down for this virus is going to kill more people than this virus i truly believe that uh, i'm i'm not trying to be a dick i'm not trying to make things up i actually believe that what we are doing in our economy will kill more people than this virus ever will and so when we have these conversations we are having that conversation with with that idea in mind, that what we are doing is more dangerous than this virus. And I think the difference was, now number one, obviously we weren't in an election year, but I'm not saying that the entire world is conspiring to make sure that Trump doesn't get re-election. I don't think that that's what, what is happening. Although, although what I will say is I, I think it might have started with our media a little bit like that. The media loves this. And I remember seeing stuff about the swine flu and H1N1 on the news around the time. It was on the news all the time. And it didn't quite catch on. And my that might have already partially been because we were in an economic downturn and trying to be in a recovery at that time. And so there, it wasn't exactly a major option to shut down our amazing economy at that time because we had just gone through a major crash and we were trying to come out of it. And so I, I think in one way it just didn't catch on. It, it wasn't seen as a possibility at that time. 
whereas now maybe they, they thought it was. I think the media pumped this a lot. I think they made it uh, look worse and more scary than what it actually is. And I think that it caught on too much with the with the public everywhere. I think it caught on too much with the public. I do think the panic and the economic downturn from this is due largely in part to the media pumping this narrative and they just went a little bit too far with it that enough people got panicked that it ended up being a self-fulfilling prophecy as far as the panic went. And now their and ratings now, are through the roof. Yeah, and now there's nothing you can do about it. Like Trump can't just go out there and say this thing doesn't matter. I mean, you can see every he gets torn apart anytime he says, "Well, by the way, uh, in in 2020, we've already had about 20,000 people die this year from the flu." You know, there's already been about that many people died in the year 2020 so far from the flu. Now, if Trump says that, then he's a piece of crap who's just trying to minimize coronavirus. And so it's it's like gone too far now where where now you do have to deal with it because the real true panic inside of people has set in. I mean, I, I find myself with it. Now, I can sit here and talk about how many more people die from the flu every single day. How many more people die from, uh, you know, malaria and tuberculosis and all these things around the world. And right now, if I go to a gas station, I'm going to bring a Lysol wipe with me. So like, and I'm a fairly rational, logical person. And, and I know that, <laughs> let me boast here for a minute. People who think like libertarians do only represent a very, 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 very small portion of the, of the population overall. Most people think purely on emotional basis and economics is ranks about seventh or eighth as far as all those feelings go. And even I, when I go to a gas station, will think to, oh, I got to go specially, got to specially go wash my hands right now. Even though all of these deadly viruses that kill tens to hundreds of thousands of people around the world every single year are always there all the time. They're always there. Now the difference is that we, we see the panic. We see it on the news. It's what everyone is talking about, and it's just right there in front of your face. And so now when you see someone die from it or you see someone got sick, well, it, it just keeps it just keeps becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. It keeps proving itself over and over again. It's like anything else that the media highlights. If the media wanted to highlight every single instance of gang violence in Chicago and that's all they talked about, then eventually the entire country would move for massive legislation, massive action to go in the city of Chicago and stop 10, 15, 20 people from getting shot every single weekend because this was a pandemic that was going on. But the news media doesn't spend all of their time, 24 hours a day, highlighting every single instance of gang violence that happens in Chicago. And so what I'm saying is if they did that, then people would be walking around every second of the day when they walked out of their house. They would be sitting there worried that they were about to get killed in a, in a drive-by shooting and some kind of gang violence. And according and to The Onion, Iran would send their fighter jets over to, to combat the violence happening in Chicago's. Yeah, exactly. That's I don't know why Syria hasn't intervened in, the, in South Chicago yet. So the, this is what I think has happened, and now we have to – we got to find a way to deal with it because once the panic sets in and you see the crowd and you get the irrationality of the crowd, that crowd mentality, 
you can't just simply make a speech and say, oh, hey, by the way, all you guys are overreacting. You know, when's the last time saying that helped? So th there's there's no way that that's going to help the situation. So it's like now you're 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 kind of stuck having to deal with this. And it's like we were asking last week, what what's the point where people decide that it's safe to pump their gas without holding the without wearing gloves? What is the point? Because people die from things every single day, from infectious diseases every single day, and people die from things way more than they die from coronavirus. And so what I want to know is what are the coronavirus numbers that the world has to hit for this panic to actually go away? Is the news going to keep talking every single day? Ooh, two people died. You know, a year from now, two people died from coronavirus still. And is that going to keep the panic going all the time where we have to completely change our economy because two people died from coronavirus or because 50 people became infected yesterday with coronavirus. If they did the exact same thing with the flu every single day until the flu was over, no one would ever leave their house ever again. And so what I want to know is what is the number where they say everything's good, we can go back to normal? Is it zero? Because that's never going to happen. That, that will never happen. You will always be able to sniff out someone who got coronavirus and died from it. And so what's the number? What's the goal? What are we going towards right now? What am I missing here? What am I missing here? Bloomberg? Yeah, it, you know, the, the important part, let's let's dive into a little bit of the economics right now. Um so the stock market today on a on another decline from yesterday. Now, we had, you know, one of the worst days in in a while on Monday, March 23rd. So this is a week and a half ago. Then we saw a rally the rest of the week as we got the stimulus package going. They were going to pass it. It passes the House. And we came back and rallied to the S&P was at 2630 on Thursday, March 26th. And we saw a little bit of sell-off and a little bit of tried to come back this Monday. Now, Tuesday and Wednesday, two days in a row of sell-off. The S&P is down almost 5% today. And that's because Q2 numbers are looking very, very grim. And I just found a, an article from the Economic Times that has come out uh, 38 minutes ago and says world economy will go into recession with likely exception of India, China, and United Nations somehow. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> United uh, Nations. Yeah. From the United, from the United oh, okay. Nations said they'll go into recession with likely exception of India and China. So India and China, of course, are safe according to the latest UN trade report. Um, but the UN is calling for another two and a half trillion dollars rescue package uh, for these nations, for, for the two-thirds of the world's population living in developing countries, uh, because they're going to see unprecedented economic damage. I was talking to my friend who's studying economics right now, and he's like, you know, what about these third-world countries? Like in the United States, right now we're rich enough that if the economy's on hold that we can offer unemployment. Now, obviously, it's with fake money, and we've, we've said that before. But in these third world countries, they don't even have fake money to offer people for unemployment. So, you know, if you make tires and your materials come from um, pick a third world country. It doesn't matter. Your materials come from somewhere in Africa, uh, third world country and, and J Djibouti, Djibouti, let's say. And, you know, they go under, well, you're not able to get your supplies anymore. They don't have unemployment. They can't keep making the products and things like that. So then you, it just, a, it's a domino effect there. <clears throat> and so that's one problem we have with not letting the free market work because in a free market, as the demand, you know, went up, 
uh, for tires. You know, right now there's no demand for tires. People aren't really going anywhere. But as the demand comes up, as everything opens up, you would have those things trickle back into effect. But they're not going to have their jobs anymore. Where What's going to happen to these people? So the United Nations wants everyone to pitch in and bail out, uh, bail out all of these other, you know, smaller countries and things like that. But, you know... We're, we're the United States is closed down for at least another 30 days, according to the coronavirus task force and President Trump. So what's going to happen over the next 30 days? I mean, are we going to see a sell off of the market, Nate, all the way? Are we going to crash through the, the previous 18.5 on the Dow well, I, from Monday, I March 23rd? This will be a good plug for the class. And we've had a lot of people signing up over the last few days. And what I can tell you is I have not gotten on there to remove the seven-day free trial, meaning that if you go ahead and do that today, April 1st, you can still get the seven-day free trial on the class. You, we are, I you're will on the last it. day Fool's Day special? April Fool's Day special. That Man, you got to get involved. I can't tell you what, I, what it's going to do. I have no idea. The only thing that I do in the class is say what I will do if it does this. And that's how I always say everything. That's how I I – Pick the point almost exactly where the market was going to bounce from its initial sell-off. Also, Thursday night during our live Q&A, I looked at the market and I said, hey, we've had this bounce, but we just came into a resistance point. We're probably going to head back down. Thursday was the highest point since this rally, and it's just been heading back down since then. And so I told the class today, this morning in the pre-market, that I thought that it could come down to about the point that it's at right now, actually. And it's been heading down towards there all day. And so it's – I don't ever decide that I know what's going to happen. I say that I'm going to take an action if something does happen. So I said this is where the market the market downturn is probably going to take a break and come back for a minute. So if that's my idea, then I say, well, I can take a bounce off of that level. I'm going to take that, buy it, take it up. Now, then I said, well, this is about as high as this is going to go before we see a bunch of selling pressure. So maybe I'm going to sell it right here, or maybe I'm even going to short it right here. And so you take an action when it gets up to that level. Well, I don't ever make predictions on what I think is going to happen. I say, if I if this happens, then I will take this action when that happens. So that, that's what we do at MasterMyTrades.com's Liberty Trading Academy. If you don't know a single thing about stock charts and you want to learn how to read a candlestick chart, how to, how to spot trend lines, how to spot good support and resistance levels, which is what I've been using for these for these calls so far on these levels. If you want to learn how to do all that, you can go to mastermytrades.com and start day trading if you want to, start swing trading, do some long-term trading, and make sure you watch the psychology videos I have on there, the managing your risk videos that I have on there. Before you start risking any money, you got to know what you're willing to risk and what you're truly willing to risk. And if you set out a good strategy before you get into a trade, then you you can actually there there's still money to be made in this market if you're catching all of the points. So you can go to mastermytrades.com for the rest of the day, which is April 1st, you are still able to get that 7-day free trial. Yeah, so. so to learn more about that mastermytrades.com and then you can like I said before, be prepared to understand and know or have an indication. It's not necessarily knowing. You're going to have an indication because you'll learn exactly what Nate just said. Hey, if this happens, this is the action I can take. It, it's not predicting anything like Nate said, but it's, it's definitely understanding and being able to seek out that opportunity when everyone else has no idea what's going on. It's better to be in the know because as Stapleton says, which I like a lot, he said, most people have a fear of the unknown. They're scared because they don't understand. 
So the more that you can understand about this kind of stuff, the better it is. And that free trial is extended. I didn't even know you're going to do that, but you know what? I approve. I approve of that extension. So get in right now. It's the last chance. Do it before it ends because I am putting a stop to it tonight. I'll get in there and I'm going to take it away. And then you'll no longer have that free trial. So mastermytrades.com. Um, more Corona virus news here um, and how it affects birth control. Now, who would have ever thunk, you know, that birth control uh, would be affected by this whole pandemic? And this so is this, an is, this is a problem that is affected by the entire response to coronavirus. Yeah, yeah and this is. It's probably a good one to end on. I know we're probably running up on time here a little bit. Yeah. So coronavirus exposes birth control access flaws. This is coming from InsideSources.com. Many Americans rely on maintenance medications, drugs that they use long term. These include a host of medications, including hormonal contraception, which are used to maintain daily quality of life. Also to to not have kids. (laughs) Uh, Well, same thing. Yeah, same thing. In the, in the case of contraception, hormonal birth control can be used for family planning and treating the symptoms of illnesses like polycystic ovarian syndrome. The problem is that getting a new or renewed birth control prescription can require an in-person doctor's visit during which a physician takes the patient's blood pressure, listens to her self-reported medical history, and discusses birth control options. Only after this visit can a woman receive her prescription, which a pharmacist can then fill. This has to happen just about every month, right? Yeah. This paradigm creates unnecessary unnecessary barriers and puts undue strain on our healthcare system in a time of crisis. Not only is a doctor's office one of the last places you want to go during a pandemic, but it's nearly impossible for women to follow the CDC's social distancing guidelines if they have to be at a medical facility. Given this reality, the current regulations leave women with difficult children. Children with children are difficult. That's still true. But these regulations, they're going to leave women with difficult choices. Um, and they're difficult children. They still have them. (laughs) So, well, and that's a consequence of this whole story is leaving women with difficult children. Yeah. So fortunately there are both short-term and long-term actions that the federal government and many States can take to alleviate the pressures on women that will simultaneously benefit society as a whole. You know, you talk about, all these men that hate women, it's the, it's the government and these regulations. To date, 11 states and the District of Columbia, which is, uh, what's that, a 20% margin, have enacted what's known as a pharmacy access model for birth control, and others are currently considering the same paradigm. This model allows women to bypass doctor's visits and obtain a hormonal birth control prescription directly from a pharmacist who completes a blood pressure check and screens for contradictions. Uh, is this part of the article or your notes here? Well, it was part of it, but it's it. Oh, it you want to stress uh, this one? <laughs> well, it was more of an opinion piece of the article, yeah. so I put it in uh, in red text, which means it's something that the person actually said. I'm going to add some emphasis like on the syllables Emphys- here. Emphasis, <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it. This is opinion from the article, but this is good right here. And why not? Pharmacists who are trained experts in medications are eminently qualified to fulfill this role. And I'm sure they know how to do a blood pressure check. Even I know how to do it. That's my own opinion there. If more states, I know all about systolic and diastolics pressures. If more states adopted this model, that would free up more medical professionals to focus on COVID-19 outbreak and encourage more women to avoid germ-ridden doctor's offices because those places are disgusting. The pharmacy access model can be adopted safely 
too. In fact, leading medical groups like the American College of, of OB and Gynecologist and the American Medical Association, the AMA, believe that hormonal contraception can be de deregulated even further and offered over the counter with no prescription. Imagine that. Mm. Women can make their own choices about what they want to put in their body for their own benefit. And uh, how about that? You know, how many people do you know die from birth control? I, I don't know many people that actually die from it. You know, obviously right? it carries risks and everything, but, Just, but so every, does Tylenol. It, yeah. Everything that we take has you a take risk more than it. three so, grams of Tylenol. You could just destroy your liver. So this is the part of when we talk about needless government regulations, and this is something we've seen with what's happening with this entire COVID outbreak are they're identifying all of these regulations that are, that are hurting people. And they're saying, Hey, um, maybe we should get rid of some of these regulations. This is kind of crazy. And so you have this rule where, and I don't know how many states have this exactly, uh, where if you are on birth control, you have to go for uh, you know, three months, six months, whatever the checkup is, you have to go to make sure you can keep taking it. Even if it's yearly, you gotta imagine, that's all of the women scheduling checkups and they're all at different times and they're all coming in for things that they probably don't have to come in for. If they're simply just checking their blood pressure and making sure that, you know, checking a box so they can take the medication. So this is a clear example of something that you can get out of the way uh, and maybe something that, you know, they wouldn't get sued by the ACLU over. I, I'm not really sure. I can't tell where the ACLU is these days. I don't know if they hate women. They like women. I don't know what's going on. So th this is a good example of something that can be taken out. All these needless regulations inside of the healthcare industry that exist right now, we're going to see just how terrible they are the more this goes on. All the regulations that uh, go with the certificate of need laws, stopping hospitals from being able to get uh, certain facilities, uh, you know, open the facilities, uh, have new beds, have new equipment, all kinds of laws that, that have been blocking hospitals from being able to do this. All kinds of laws that have been forcing people to go to the doctor so they can get this medication that they've been on for 10 years so they can check a box off on a form that says that their blood pressure was a certain amount. When you could clearly do that, you could probably have your Apple Watch on and they could send a, a form to the to the doctor or something. I don't know if those check your blood pressure. I'm not real sure. So <laughs> anyway, what did you just add to the notes, Charlie? Well, so, you know, you're kind of ended on a positive note here and I got something negative to oh, finish good. the show off with. Good. Good. And But it's it's really important to Liberty here. So I wanted you guys to to be a part of this. So the cool one of the cool things about this pandemic, as Nate mentioned, and we talked about this is they are getting rid of these completely needless regulations. And there's never been more proof about how needless these are than, uh, than this pandemic. Um, but one problem we're seeing is you have all of this, uh, all these laws and everything getting passed that's actually stealing more of your freedom. So we're freeing up some regulation, which is really good for liberty. But then your actual freedom is being destroyed in some of this. And I came across this article yesterday and I forgot to mention it because we, we did have a really good busy day. And unfortunately I forgot that I read this yesterday and I'm like, we need to talk about this on the show. And so I'm going to go through this really quick. This is coming from the business insider. Um, this is all about the stimulus package that was just passed by the way. So in those 900 pages, there was something hidden inside of here. And what that is, and this is like, this is what China's doing, by the way, Jesus, um, this is how Trump becomes president for life, by the way. This is one step. So the CDC, 
from Business Insider, the CDC will set up a coronavirus surveillance and data collection system as part of the $2 trillion stimulus bill, which President Trump just signed into law, which he did on Friday. President Donald Trump signed into law a sweeping stimulus bill that will pump emergency funding into the CDC to combat the coronavirus, including a system to gather data on how the virus is spreading. The CDC's new funding is part of an emergency stimulus package that provides $2 trillion in funding to boost government health programs and stabilize the American economy during the coronavirus crisis. We knew all that. We knew about the funding, but it's going to set aside at least $500 million for public health data surveillance. Now, by the way, you are protected by HIPAA, which means hospitals can't even share your information with hospitals. A dentist can't share it with the emergency room, and the emergency room can't share it with your with your therapist or anything like that, your <laughs> medical data, albeit physical, uh, you know, uh, uh, mental, whatever it is, your, your, your teeth, it doesn't matter. It can't be shared. But what they want to do is they want to form a public health data surveillance and modernizing of analytics infrastructure. Now they're going to say this is for your good, but keep in mind what, what, what kind of doors this opens. The CDC must report on the development of a surveillance and data collection system within the next 30 days. So by April 30th, since this law went in, they're going to have surveillance and data collection system. While it's not clear what form that surveillance system will take, of course it's not clear because they're not going to tell you. The federal government has reportedly expressed interest in aggregating data that can be gleaned from tech platforms and smartphone use to monitor movement patterns. Now, I told you about that X-Mobile last week. I told you about how they were taking that quote unquote anonymous data about where people were and how they, you know, they took it, you know, 500 people from the beach during spring break and they showed you all the places they, they went to. Well, that technology exists. And what does government want to do? Well, they want to exploit it for their benefit. Your constitutional rights be damned. Other countries have already turned to high tech surveillance systems and attempt to curb the spread of the coronavirus. China rolled out a mandatory smartphone app that asks citizens questions about their level of exposure to people who have demonstrated symptoms and automatically orders certain users to quarantine themselves through the app. Jeez. Singapore. It turned notifications off for that thing. No, I guess you can't turn your location data off for that either. What if you just don't have a phone? I guess you have to have a phone here, which most people do. Nobody's going to give up their phone. I mean, this thing's a, a working miracle science experiment. Singapore <laughs> has issued a similar app that uses Bluetooth to detect people's proximity to those who have been exposed to coronavirus and warns them to get tested if they come in close contact. If launched in the U.S., a smartphone app for tracking people's health would have to comply with privacy, privacy laws like HIPAA, which prevents the sharing of people's health information between hospitals, the government, and third parties. More broadly, a CDC surveillance system could aim to help the U.S. speed up testing for people who are most at risk of COVID-19. The U.S. lags behind most other developed countries in <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. The U.S. lags behind most other developed countries in coronavirus testing. It, you know, we <laughs> lag behind in healthcare. We are the only modern developed nation who isn't violating people's rights completely. Only just, we're now, just doing a little bit. What I'll say first on this is... Uh, Overall, it's a cool idea as long as it's voluntary, but it's not going to be voluntary from them, and you have no idea what else they're going to use it for. That's that's the problem. Who runs the CDC? Who runs the people who run that? Who run that? That's that's what you have to worry about, and who's going to have that information? So it would be really cool, actually, to have an app, and actually I think I might start it, where you can – 
make on there is say, well, I've got coronavirus on there. And then you turn on your Bluetooth, your location, and it notifies people who also want to know whether or not anyone around has coronavirus. And it lets them know if they're in close proximity to it. And hey, that would be cool. People would probably sign up for that. And you could sell a lot of ads off of it, I bet. So that's not a bad idea. If it was voluntary. Now, eventually, yeah, if it was voluntary. That's the that's the thing. But here's the but problem, what, though. What doors does this open for the government to continue to surveil you? I mean, pretty soon, with the cameras they have everywhere, with the everybody's cell phone, which they're already tracking anyway, this just gives them more power to keep tracking you. And what happens if somebody with enough tyrannical uh, force comes in and uses this for evil? Which will happen, by the way. If you build the infrastructure... It'll come. That's what yeah, happens. Th this is the thing. Like, first off, we have to realize this already exists. Like, Facebook and all kinds of other apps are already doing this to you all the time. So, first off, keep that in mind. The problem is those things are voluntary, and you can take them off of your phone. If you truly have an issue with that, you do not have to have Facebook. If enough people decided that they did not like the fact that Facebook did that, they could all get rid of it and Facebook could look at changing its policies. But Facebook is always looking at your data. They're always looking at who you are in the room with. Literally, if if uh, some, one of your friends Googles a lawnmower and then you go and you're in the same room with that friend, you're going to get an ad on your Facebook for something that your friend Googled. That's how it works. That's how people think that they're always listening to you, and they might be, although they say they're not. What actually happens is they're aggregating what everyone in your proximity has Googled, and they're guessing that if it's something that one of your friends or your loved one or your kid has been looking at, or that it's something that you guys have been talking about, and then you end up getting an ad for it. They're always doing this. They're always watching your proximity to other people and other users all the time. So I don't want to first... I, I want to differentiate here and say this already exists and it's currently happening to you and me right now voluntarily through the apps that we have put on our phones. So I don't want to act like, oh, now people are going to know where I'm going. But We've what, all already what okay. What I'm that. worried about, though, is that, you know, what, what China did is they forced you to have the app and then they can send you a survey that you have to fill out. Well, yeah, and then they can order you to do certain things. And during a crisis, I mean, you're seeing people left and right saying, well, oh, the government should do more. They should, you know, you're seeing all kinds of people in America be like, yeah, you should arrest somebody if they're walking down the sidewalk right now. You know, you should throw them in jail. They deserve to be to be hung. They deserve to be whatever, you know. And so you're going to have God. I mean, look, you know, what was the revolution fought within America with like 10 percent of the population supporting it? Most people go along with whatever government tells you is for your safety. And, yeah. you know, you're going to have so many people comply and be like, well, you know, I can just hear the Republicans now. Well, if you got nothing to hide, you know, who, who cares? Just fill out the survey, man. That took me five minutes to fill it out. Wasn't that big a deal? You know, <laughs> they can just hear it right now. I can hear it. You know, why don't you fill it? It serves them right. That guy's getting a hundred years in jail. Serves them right. Should have just took the five minutes to fill out the survey, man. I don't understand. They're breaking I, you know, the law. I, I filled out my survey while I was feeding the tigers even. <laughs> And it was no big deal. You know, I can just hear it yeah. right now. And I, I agree with that. The, my, my, uh, my point is that both of us right now and most people listening to this are voluntarily deciding to let 
probably upwards of 100 apps do this yep. currently, yep. but we all have the ability to stop them from doing it if you want to decide that that is important. The problem is once the government decides that they're going to do this, you no longer have the ability to turn off that. Oh, it's there. You want to hear a real conspiracy? What's up? Now I understand why Obama gave out all those free phones. Oh, God. <laughs> That's not it. To make sure, <laughs> make sure everybody could have yeah. a tracking device. Uh, Which, the Obama phone thing's really funny, but that program <laughs> had been in place for a long time. Obama was just a genius. He made a forwarding website for the Obama phone to a website that already existed under the government's interconnected communist internet system. The website was already there. But no one was really talking about it. So he was a genius in doing the in people talking about the Obama phones. And all they did was make a forwarding URL and it would just dump you to the website that had already existed for like 20 years <laughs> on the government's amazing. website. It was really, I mean, very smart. Go ahead. and It's very good marketing if you want to market how great uh, socialism and communism are. It was a very good marketing for sure. It is. But, yeah, man. Well, thanks for crashing my positive party. Um I just That's want people good. to be aware. Look, look, look again, I'm going to tell you guys just to pay attention to what's going on, what's happening around you. I'm not saying to put your tinfoil hats on. I'm not saying we're going to be China in a hundred years. Nobody really knows, but you know, to thwart these steps eventually, you know, somebody shared this. I saw on Facebook and said, I'm a pawn. You're a pawn. You know, we're all pawns here and it's just one big game uh, of power and you're not in it. It's, it's like what, uh, market's closed, by the way. Market's closed. It, it, it's like what uh, George Carlin used to say. You know, it's it's one big party and you're not getting in it, man. <laughs> you're not in the group. And and you just have to be able to pay attention to these types of things to understand what's going on. And I want to tell you guys, I'm going to plug it again, even though we just went over it. But you have to go to MasterMyTrades.com. That seven-day free trial has been extended for one more day. And at least get in there on the seven-day free trial because there's already over 50 videos like, I don't even care if you cancel. I'm dead serious. We have enough people in there that are paying us that believe in our value that we're providing that you can get this seven day free trial. So all of you should sign up. 92% of you that are subscribed should sign up for this. It's free. It is absolutely free. Learn as much as you can in one week and then cancel. I don't care. Sign up and cancel right away and you still have access for seven days and you can learn as much as you possibly can learn because that's how we continue to grow the movement. It's not about... We're not trying to, I, I know people are going to be unemployed coming up and all that kind of stuff. And we're not trying to just gouge money out of you guys. That's not what this is. What it is, is like, we actually care about you guys being prepared, all y'all being prepared for what's coming. And there's no reason not to understand what is happening with the economy and the stock market is a great gauge of that. I mean, when the selling volume comes in, you can start to see like, man, this happened before what happened then, you know, you can start to understand those types of things and not walk around in the fear of the unknown, as, as Stapleton would say, you know, you have to, to start learning these types of things so that when opportunity arises, you can snag it. And when panic ensues, you know why, and you're not scared. And so it's free. It's seven days for free. Get in there, cancel, learn everything you can in seven days. And I'm fine with that. I'm not, I will not, I have been in broke positions a lot of times in my life where if somebody gave me the opportunity to learn something for free for seven days and I cancel, I would do it. I would have done it. I have done it back when I was 18, 19, 20, 21. I used to be, God, I've done so many jobs, by the way, I used to be a bartender, been a server. I've been a professional musician. 
Um, I, I, I went to nursing school for a year, by the way. So I do have some medical knowledge. Now I work in the healthcare market, developing software. I never thought I would develop software my whole life. Um, but if somebody offered me to, to give them, to give me their experience for free for seven days, I would do everything I could to learn as much as I can in those seven days if I couldn't afford to keep going in the class. And so take advantage of us. I'm dead serious. Take advantage of us. Sign up at mastermytrades.com. Get in. Now you have to purchase the plan. It doesn't charge you. But, you know, I see I see some people signing up as site members, but you're not getting the the tutorials and everything available because you do have to click purchase the plan so you can get in to the section that allows you to see those. So make sure you sign up as a, as a member and purchase a plan and then you can cancel it right away. We don't care. Just get into that class so that you can learn as much as you can and be better prepared. And, uh, yeah. Nate, tell them about our, well, keep going on that or tell them about our Patreon one or the other. Well, <laughs> Patreon's important too. I was going to tell you, I was looking through the website here and we have got, uh, currently, Currently, there are 62 videos on this website. At the I moment. said over Six, 50, and I, look yeah. at that. 62 videos, soon to be two more to round out the day. Um, two more videos on it today. I mean, the, it keeps going. It's not just like a class where we put everything on there and then it's and then it's done. It's never enough. There's always more. So it's going to keep going, and, and we're going to keep adding to it and keep – just keep drilling down on these ideas and making sure that people are learning them. So that's really important. The Patreon thing is really important too. We got another new Patreon, a Patreon, patron today or yesterday, one of those. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, thank you very much to Sam for, for becoming a patron. We appreciate that. And, um, that's very important. You know, we do this for a living and when we had, we had the, the healthcare software thing and that keeps the bills going, but you know, we, we've also got this trading thing going and we do the podcast all the time. And you, I don't know if you guys notice, but there's no ads on the podcast for things that are not things that we are doing. So the money from the podcast really just either comes from our Facebook videos, which you get ad revenue from, or from Patreon right now. And maybe someday there'll be some ads on there, but I think the ads for our stuff are working out just fine right now. If you think about it, actually. So uh, listen, you go to Patreon, what you're going to be getting, you're going to be getting live episodes every day. There are people watching this right now. Thank you guys for watching us. We appreciate that. Talking back and forth during the episode. I think Maurice just said something I was going to respond to a second ago. He said, he, um, based on what I was saying earlier, he said, I literally saw someone post saying we have too many rights. Yeah. So someone said we have too many rights. Yeah. It's always nice for someone to decide that um, other people have too many rights. Uh, how about just that person decide that they have too many rights and let everyone else decide if they have too many rights. That that would be good. Don't take rights away from other people. Basic rule of thumb. So anyway, on the Patreon, you can go on there and talk back and forth with us just like that. All kinds of comments on today's episode. I put up a video blog yesterday. We We haven't done as well over the last week, and that's just – purely due to the fact that uh, I do all of the work for this and Charlie does none and I've been gone from the studio and so it's been very difficult to to do this so yeah, I'm just resting, Charlie's very I'm resting on my laurels yeah. over Charlie's here. Charlie's going to go to sleep immediately <laughs> after this and I'm going to have to call him to wake him up before tomorrow's podcast. <laughs> and that's basically all he does. He doesn't do yeah. anything that benefits liberty whatsoever ever in his life. So I just have a I great he, voice and that's why I'm on here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. 
And when I finally get old enough, I'll just do one by myself. That way, <laughs> my voice, once it's better, we'll see. I don't know what yeah. age. You think 32, eventually your voice would come in. But, I mean, listen to Ben Shapiro. That obviously hasn't happened yet. So, it's fine. Just own it. Anyway, what are we talking about? Patreon. You guys should go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, and you can see all kinds of cool exclusive content that we put on here every single day. We're going to keep hanging out live after this episode on Patreon, so go to that website and do it, or we're not coming back, and that is a threat, okay? That's, <laughs> that is a threat right now. On your very liberty existence, we're going to be gone tomorrow if you, listening right now, don't go to Patreon. And that Seriously, has so come 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 back come that back. Has we'll be here. Pandemic impl- implications in, involved. Yeah. So yeah. you better hop on and do it, uh, guys. Free ways to support us. There are free ways still, and we're seeing lots of you guys do this. It's it's really cool every single day, and I'm not joking. The numbers are going up. I know I could just say that, but it really is. We've done some really cool interviews lately, and I think we got some more coming up for y'all. So. Uh, keep sharing the show and leaving us, leaving us rating and reviews. Nate read one. Uh, you read one yesterday, I believe, uh, that we got that, that was just really cool. It's going to keep us going for the rest of the year. So uh, if you are in one of those positions where, you know, supporting on Patreon or the tr- or the class or anything like that is not in your cards right now. Well, the simple thing to do is share the show with a friend, uh, share it on social media, tell people about it, because that helps us out way more than, you know, uh, the more people we can get in the better everything goes and the better everything goes for the Liberty movement. So uh, we really appreciate you guys doing that and leaving us a rating and review because that helps the algorithms. Uh, They're still in place, by the way, I know Google and Facebook, everybody's working from home right now, but those algorithms exist. And so the better reviews that we have, the more people that can find the show. And so if you guys do those things, which takes maximum 12 minutes, I think, I don't even know if it takes that long. All Um, those things together. Yeah, if you guys do that, yeah. that'll that's a, that'll um, that'll I don't know if it'll keep you out of jail, but I want to say that I don't know what the legal ramifications are for me saying that. What's going to keep you out of jail? If if you share the show and and leave a rating and review. Oh yeah, yeah. you're basically uh, immune to prosecution after that, right? Right. For whatever the crime. I'll, yeah. I'll talk to the FBI for you over that. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> please share the show if you enjoyed it, which you did. I know you did, and leave us a rating and review if you guys do all of that, every single bit. Then we'll be back here tomorrow to do it all over again. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids.